Alrighty. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> I got to change that that uh, intro line. Whatever. Um, hello, everybody in the in the internet and in the world uh, that's listening. My name is Greg, and I'm Gabriel. And this is the Sunshine Reformer Podcast. Um, so today we have, as you can see, if you're looking on YouTube, uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, this is uh, a good friend of both Gabriel and I. Uh, and he's been a good dude. Uh, a lot of information in this in your in your brain, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> um, Too much sometimes. Uh, this is our good friend Nathan. So say hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and how <laughs> cheering! <laughs> Ooh, Nathan. Do you want to add me? Want me to add that in post? I'll do it. <laughs> I would love to see that happen. Anything ad- added in post is probably a good thing. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we've got Nathan here today to kind of uh, share his his insight with, uh, with what we're talking about today and just kind of add to the conversation. Um, he's also going to be helping uh, edit some portions of the podcast, which is really cool of him to do. So thank you. <gasps> um. <laughs> <laughs> <That's hard. laughs> Gotta be me, me. A very loud thought in uh, Gabe's head. Yes, less work for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, so today we've got quite a few. Um, right on cue. Look at that. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, we've got quite, quite a few things that we're going to be talking about today. Um, mostly. Well, it is kind of a mix of politics and uh, gun-related news. Hang on. <laughs> the joys of working from home. Oh, Usually nice. this time I, I'll say something like, you know, one day we'll have a studio and we won't have to deal with any of this. And it's going to be awesome sauce. But until that day comes, we'll have our mascot, Angus. Absolutely. Sorry, there's a there's a person at my that's trying to advertise whatever. Unsolicited solicitation is my favorite. Pretty much what's happening. Stop. Lay down. He's talking to my wife on the ring doorbell, which is what's happening. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. Um. Anyway, so um. Yeah, we've got a couple different things we're going to be talking about to, talking about today. Also, happy inauguration day for uh, Diamond Joe Biden, which is what my nickname is for him. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else calls him that. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Uh, uh, my nicknames uh, for him are not safe for work, so I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're an 18 plus thing. I... I I put uh, explicit for the podcast, and I put 18 plus for YouTube. Um, so, you know, we we drop f bombs, we we curse, and we talk about deep t- deep subjects sometimes. So you say fart? Oh my god, yes! You can't say that. You can't say that on television. Oh, this is just going to be easier. Just having him here for a moment until that guy goes away. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about the NRA for sure. The NRA files um, uh, bankruptcy, inauguration, and 
the ATF. Well, did you see the article that I put about the bills that are being uh, filed in Florida? Oh yeah, the uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah true. Yep. Some okay. some good, some bad. Um, and yeah, it's going to be oh yeah, and the um, yeah you just said the inauguration like the security and stuff that's going on there. Um, so yeah, we can get it started. Uh, first of all, how is everybody's how's everybody's week going so far? Everybody doing okay mentally? Yeah, hanging on. Fairly good considering <laughs> everything. Yeah. Oh. Just taking things day by day, as usual. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Amber's birthday's coming up in a couple weeks, and I oh, bought her a birthday present, and it's related to, um, you know, this. It's I bought her a new gun, so I'll nice. talk about that briefly. Um, anyways, so uh, Gabe, did you want to get started on the first topic? Um, are we talking about the NRA first? Sure. All right. I've got the, uh, scene and article up here for the NRA files for bankruptcy. So, mm-hmm. um, this was pretty big, uh, NRA is filing for bankruptcy. A lot of people initially were like, woohoo, yay, no more NRA. Well, no, they're going to reincorporate in Texas. Um, right. so that's not exactly, uh, you know, not to say uncommon or unprecedented, I guess we could expect it from a multi-billion, is it billion? Billion dollar? Or is it just multi-hundred million dollar uh, organization? They spent $137 million on lobbying in the last, like, 10 years. So Okay, so probably hundred so bill, a million dollar uh, organization um, on well, based on lobbying. lobbying. They're filing Chapter 11. Um I'm not a financial expert nor a uh, legal expert, so I'm not going to go into the specifics about Chapter 11. <laughs> but basically, um, different types of bankruptcies can allow or disallow certain types of things. So there are types of bankruptcies where you can keep your assets um, and you can reorganize. There are different types of bankruptcies where you lose all of your assets um, and you can't reorganize or restructure or whatever. Um, and there's there might be some minor details in between or kind of a mix of both or more so one or the other. Um, but basically what they're doing um, between all of this stuff is that they're just filing bankruptcy, re-doing uh, everything in Texas, and they're citing uh, New York politics as the reason for leaving. Um, I think it's fair to say that, that when they say New York politics, they just mean... Wow, we can't steal money from people and get away with it in New York. Oopsies. But you know who will give us money? Texans. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and also tax or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just because I don't. I I think we might have talked about it. What the NRA specifically did, which was uh, some of the head executive officers of the NRA, was illegally funneling money. Uh, from the organization to pay for expenses, like personal expenses, which that's called embezzling, uh, in case you're wondering. Um, yep. So if you want to call that New York politics, man, be my guest. But uh, I live in reality, personally. Right. New York politics um, is called being held accountable. For, 
financial crimes. Basically. They, and, you know, honestly, I guess this is a trend. Didn't New York hold the Trump administration accountable for the embezzlement uh, found under their um, nonprofit? Remember when Trump bought a picture of himself or a painting of himself with the... Did it, wasn't it New York that was the one that filed that? I think so. I don't know the story you're talking about. So basically, the Trump Foundation or whatever has a nonprofit, and apparently, Trump himself purchased a painting of, I believe, himself, and he used the nonprofit funds to pay for that painting. Um, and there was, I think there was a court hearing about it. I'm not complete. I don't remember it completely. I think it was like a year or two years ago. It might have been longer than that. But um, I mean, that's basically it. And that was found out to be the case where it's like, yeah, he was embezzling money from a nonprofit to pay for personal expenses. Yeah. Hmm. So, and yeah, it was probably, that sounds like something New York would do also. Yeah. So, you know, based New York, go ahead. Do that. Hold people accountable. <laughs> Apparently, that's yeah. a leftist thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a leftist thing. We hold each other accountable Holy real crap. hard. Yeah, so yeah, much exactly. infighting. So, yeah. Jeez. It's, it's wild. Yeah, I, I've never, um, you know, I've obviously never supported the NRA. I was looking into it a little bit, and basically, besides the fact that they were embezzling and doing all that bullshit, um, a lot of people started uh, jumping ship. Um, you know, we've talked about how, how vast the the gun-owning population is in the country, despite what politics, you know, you would think politics would tell you. Um, there are a lot of gun-owning people on the left. Um, and, you know, where they fall, how, how far left they lean or whatever is, you know, a matter for debate also, but... Um, a lot of people on the left, of course, and then a lot of people on the right are, you know, started jumping ship a year or two ago, like you were saying, uh, just because of that. And then also in general, uh, because basically the NRA used to stand for like safety, uh, like, you know, gun safety and just advocating for either safer practices or safer laws or whatever you want to call it. And in the last probably 10 years or so, they've only been um, <clears throat> advocating for industry, you know, just furthering um, the uh, interest of the, in- of the industry versus, you know, over safety um, and just attacking anything to do with common sense, gun laws or whatever. Yeah. And then Which, even, you know, even back you you have something to say, Nate. Turns out you can make a lot more money lobbying for uh, gun manufacturers than for you know supporting working class people. Yeah, the thought. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's they they just they 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 lost their priorities. You know, a lot of people think that they lost their um, their identity. Yeah, of course they wanted to make more money and everything. So exactly. Well, when you find a money printer, a reasonable person doesn't. Report the money printer to the cops. Right. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I I am not advocating that anybody does any illegal activities in terms of uh, law- printing uh, money. Uh, that was a joke. <laughs> that was meant satirically. 
crime-free podcast. Um, yeah, this is a crime-free podcast. Um, and even back, like <clears throat> back in the day with the early and mid, or even late NRA, um, gun rights only seemed to have mattered when it came to white people. Um, yeah, because they they weren't there when the Black Panthers had their two A rights taken away from them. Um, or right. not necessarily taken away, but reduced heavily. And, you know, they weren't there when gun policies were being put in place uh, to regulate the types of guns that minority communities tend to purchase. It's like, you know, right. that sucks. It's, it's, it's racial undertones for sure. And I know um, the SRA specifically is not a two-way policy advocate or whatever. Um, but it would be cool to see a leftist organization come up and take that, especially considering that we're going to look, I know they're going to restructure everything in Texas, but bankruptcy isn't exactly cheap. They're still going to lose assets from this. They're still going to lose a lot of their, their, uh, capital and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to be the SRA. It could be a different group, but it would be cool to see a not right leaning, uh, conservative group, you know, being the pretend to a advocate, it'd be really cool to see a more left leaning, even if it's slightly liberal leading group, um, to be like a new two a advocate that actually does lobby for two a protection and expansion of, of second amendment rights. Um, that'd be, cool. I just wish it, I thought, I just think it'd be cool if it was nonpartisan yeah. in general, you know, like, yeah, obviously we're, you know, we're left-leaning people and that's fine. But like, just literally saying like anybody, no matter what, yeah, should be able to own a gun, you know, um, and just use that same mantra throughout all of the gun, um, legislator, legislature, uh, two way stuff, whatever, just equal rights for everybody down, you know, down the line. Well, you uh, want equal rights for everybody. Are you an anti How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if that, I mean, if that's a, if that's a progressive stance and that's kind of insane to me, but, um, I don't know. That's just what, like if I were to, if I was to start, you know, Greg's rifle association, that's what it would be. Greg has <laughs> a lot of like, GRA. if I, Greg has a lot of, <laughs> if it was Greg's federal government, this is how, or if this was Greg's ATF, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I wouldn't have it. Yeah. I love it. But, Maybe alcohol and tobacco, but not firearms. The AT. AT. <laughs> what a perfect segue. Maybe it would be the so AT. So I, Nathan, am starting my presidential run here and now. Um, $1,200 per month to everyone. And the first check will come with a Taurus G3 pistol and two magazines. Vote for Nathan. I, Wait, do we get do we get rounds to go with that? Mm, when the prices go down. Okay. I mean, that's kind of fair. <laughs> so you might have to wait 10 years. I'm sorry. Exactly. Everybody gets two bullets. <laughs> <laughs> one for the other guy and one for you. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that, you know, that's just what I, I would like, you know, so like I, I know I've talked about the FPC before, um, the firearms policy coalition. They, they do an okay job. They, they are, I would say they're more right leaning than anything else, but um you know, as far they're as better like, than the NRA, they're like they yeah, do the NRA's job for the NRA. <laughs> they, yeah, they do right. They do more for you know two A rights and and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
like you said, than the NRA, yeah. but uh, yeah. some of the stuff they posted is a little annoying. But it is what it is. Um, I know that they have advocated for like, you know, like uh, LGBT. They they've like talked about the LGBT community before with regard to gun rights and other, you know, marginalized um, communities. Uh, the there's a national African American Gun Owners Association that they've talked mm-hmm. about. So stuff like that is is obviously a, a, a good thing. Um, and these are things I think we talked about in our second or third episode. And I also have been uh, mindful to try to include those links specifically so that if anyone's interested, they could just go to the description. Um, I believe it's under the check out these links. It's at the bottom. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It looks like I still have them. So if anyone's interested, all you have to do is expand the description box and they're like the last three links it's the sra uh national african-american gun association and the fpca last three um is there anything else you want to talk about with that gabriel it's just sad to see i i don't i don't know what else to say like it sucks that the nra uh has been stupid for so long and it sucks that they're able to re re basically go this route to avoid legal action that because that's what this is um right i wish bankruptcies were structured slightly differently so that they disallow this um right especially when it's uh i mean it's really i don't think it'd be that difficult to restructure the law to to fix this it would just basically be um if your organization has been accused of uh, a specific crime within a within a specific amount of time i don't know what that time would be whatever whatever you'd have like um i don't know what that's called where like you commit a crime and there's a specific period of time that has to pass before like it can't be acted on limitations yeah, yeah. Stat- where the statute? Basically, if it's within the statute of limitations or whatever, um, yeah, you can't restructure. You can't do because they're basically doing this within the same time period that they also were accused of embezzlement. So, <clears throat> they're like, this is very obviously just trying to get away from that. Like, oh, we're not the same organization that was uh, accused of that crime. We're completely different. We just have the same name and the same motives. Yeah, right. and even if the uh, exec members from before aren't uh, staying in power, they're just going to pass the torch to their friends. Basically, anyway. it's just going to be the same thing. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's what I would. I think I mentioned it last time we talked about the NRA. It's just like the NRA started off as like a really great organization, you know, for like I said, like gun training, two uh, A rights, you know, yada yada yada. But obviously, has you know morphed into this behemoth. It's a cash you know, grab, you know, garbage organization. Um, and if they just restructured from the ground up, having a, a, a organization of that size with that much, you know, political power or whatever, um, doesn't have to necessarily be a bad thing. It just has to be managed and, and executed in the right way um, to kind of get this, this stain of, of their history um, redacted or whatever. So, yeah, and actually yeah. be like doing what they're saying they're supposed to be doing, right? Like, Which you know, fingers sucks. crossed. Yeah. It sucks so much. It's it's like another. It's like, almost like it's another political party. 
Yeah. Because um, it's like, it's a non-elected political party too, which is the worst thing. Um, nobody elected the NRA. Nobody controls, uh, at least on a public front, the NRA. But for some reason, the NRA has uh, potentially a lot of sway and they don't even use it. It's so fucking disgusting. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, so speaking of things that are related to, you know, laws and stuff. Um, I've got here, if you want to pull this up, uh, uh, Gabriel, the, uh, Florida thing. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I thought was pretty relevant and interesting considering we, we kind of covered this last episode too, but this is specifically with Florida. Um, so this says Florida alert. These are the gun bills that have been filed in Florida so far. Um, I follow on Instagram, uh, there's two representatives that, uh, I follow my state representative who is, um, Stephanie Murphy and my district for Orlando. Um, and also, um, she's the, sorry, she's the state representative in the house, uh, for me. And then my like state representative for the state of Florida is another woman named Anna Eskimani. Eskimani. Excuse me. I'm, is that, that's right, Nathan. That's her name. Eskimani. I've actually met her. She's really cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I've, so she's really like progressive Democrat. She has done events with like the March for our lives or whatever that's called the anti-gun people, whatever. And I, I comment on her stuff all the time and say, look, like, you want to have a conversation about left-leaning gun rights like i'm always here or whatever <laughs> um i'm sure she's aware that people like us exist I, I don't know but so a lot of these um so these are all the bills that have been filed by people like her um you know state representatives uh and some of them are good and some of them are bad uh we'll just go we'll just run down the whole list here so these are um uh filed as of january 14th which is a couple days ago. So we've got House Bills. Uh, HB 25 is the sales of ammunition um, filed by Dan Daly, a Democrat, requires background checks uh, for sale of or transfer of ammunition. Mm. Yeah. I Obviously, I'm not for this bill. I think uh, that kind of thing is, is kind of... Uh, it's just... It's just um, uh, ammunition is... Of all the things it's to have a background check on, that's the worst one. Because I could just yeah. go buy gunpowder, which is the part that goes the boom, boom. <laughs> so. Obviously, we all here think that that's a silly uh, thing to do. I, I would say that there's more value in... Um, I've, I've talked about it a million times. Just like advocating for training, um, having some kind of like mandatory training program for concealed carry. Uh, that's... well. I know there is, you need to take training, but, you know, having something that's better than what we have now, um, I think that would do a lot more to help in, you know, cutting down either accidents or, you know, just better overall. Uh, that's my thing. Um, it'll probably get shot down. You know, the Florida State uh, House and Senate or whatever are very Republican oh, yes. heavy. No, I don't think any of these will go through. Simultaneously, Even the one a good thing and a bad thing, only because you know, they'll be obstructionist to this, but it's really bad because they they pass really shitty laws. So, yeah. 
I don't even think the one that was introduced by the Republican will go through, but um, whatever. We'll just go through them all. Um, and so that's this next one, carrying firearms without a license. It removes the requirement that license to carry concealed firearm is required in order to carry such firearms. It limits areas in which concealed carrying a firearm is prohibited. I would love to carry it at Disney World, just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, it limits... Um, or sorry, revises criminal penalties, revises provisions relating to carrying concealed weapons uh, by non-residents. That would be fine with me. Um, provides issuance of concealed uh, licenses for reciprocity purposes. So that just means um, like where you can carry outside of Florida with your Florida license. <clears throat> uh, spec- specifies that person otherwise prohibited by law from possessing firearms may own possess and lawfully use firearms and other weapons and ammunition for lawful purposes. Uh, I don't know. That sounds kind of redundant. At least some of the bills sounds really redundant because it's like people already require a license to conceal carry. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't agree with that one. I I think you should have a license to carry. Um, I'd I'd actually we've talked about this before too. I'd I'd be okay with if you get your concealed carry license that you should be able to open carry. Um, I'm I am an advocate for open carry. I think it's um, it's kind of gotten a bad reputation, but I think personally it's more comfortable and just oh it removed Florida. the requirement. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't agree with, with that one either. Um, the next one is HB 167, sales transfer or storage of firearms. I don't, I think obviously you should, you should just store it. I think that should just go along with, you know, if you decide to own a gun, keeping it in your house safely, like if you have children yeah. or whatever. Well, this goes that, with like that the, Texas one that we were talking about where it was being introduced to Congress um, yeah. Where like there would be an increase of spending on the ATF agents, as well as um, requiring uh, safe storage of firearms and related items, um, and that you could be penalized for that. This is basically that law. Um, right. I just think that you know if you have a gun in your house, and this unfortunately this does happen, where you know kids will get a hold of a gun. They'll shoot themselves. They'll shoot somebody else accidentally. I think that if that happens, you should just go to jail for the, you know, for the murder or manslaughter or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, for whatever they decide, however long to go to jail for, and you just lose all your gun rights. Like that, to me, that's cut and dry. You're being irresponsible. It's not. It, I know it's not always cut and dry, but like in general, that's my feeling is that if you've, you've if you've decided to purchase a gun for your house for home defense or whatever. Um, and you, some, it's, and somebody gets a hold of that gun that does something that results in someone else's death or injury, um, accidentally or whatever, then that whoever owns the gun should be responsible and, you know, punished accordingly. Um, uh, um what else does it say here? We should just have education for that. I mean, that go that goes back to last week's episode or, uh, where we talk about that. Cause it's like, they're obviously going to have to spend money on enforcing this law if they want to actually see anything with it if they are doing that 
they should just put that money into educating people on being like you know a good gun owner you know so yeah and that goes that goes to training like i was saying like that's just to me like literally like an eight hour course of a firearms training like a one day eight hour you know training class whatever that includes live fire would be i think monumental in 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 um preventing some of this stuff from happening you can go over you know you can take probably an hour of that and go over storage you know proper safe storage with regard to kids what's out there there's a lot there's obviously like a lot of products out there that um like even uh our friend lago um we me and him went to the range the other day and he had (laughs) it's a it's a little 22 pistol which is you know very cute and fun to shoot but he keeps it in a little like um, it's a touch activated safe. Uh, it's got a little key thing and it just like pops open and like even something like that would be great for handgun storage. So anyways, I wanted to read what else it said here for that. Um, provides criminal penalties if a person fails to properly secure the firearm. That's fine. Um, requires seller or firearm to provide each pur- purchaser Specified information. Uh, that's kind of a dumb thing. Revise the standard for adults and minors to be criminally ne- negligent. That's I agree with that. Um, Revise this exception to prohibition on storing loaded firearms within reach or access to a minor. So I, I agree with what they're trying to say. I just, um, I just think there's like you said, there's there's better ways to go about it. But if that went through. I would be, I guess, okay with that. Uh, HB 213 is regulation of concealed weapons and firearms. This this doesn't say whether or not they're Democrat or Republican. Regulation of concealed weapons and firearms provides that certain actions creating restrictions of issuance of licenses are subject to penalties under specified provisions. Provides that cabinet member may not make any administrative regulations. I think that's just like... That's just like talking about issuing the bills. I don't know. That's whatever. Uh, risk protection orders by Kelly Skidmore, Democrat. Risk protection orders. Re- redefining the term petitioner to include an individual who has biological or legal parent-child relationship. I don't know. That... Who is legal guardian of or who is spouse or sibling or respondent. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Yeah. <clears throat> um, safety of religious institutions. Introduced by um, J.R. Williamson, Republican. It authorizes concealed weapons or firearms license holders to carry a firearm on certain property of church, synagogue, or other religious... It's funny that they included synagogue. Uh, or other religious institutions didn't say um, mosque. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, identical to a state bill. Um, sorry. Um, I, I agree with that. I think you should be able to carry. Uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> Get up, son. I think if any religious institutions do need protection, it would be synagogues and mosques. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally for that. Of course, <clears throat> I think you should be able to carry pretty much anywhere. Um, I know federal buildings you can't in like courts and stuff, but 
You know, if you have <laughs> a license for carry, what's that? Only they are allowed to have guns. Yes, exactly. I think you should be able to pretty much carry wherever you want if you have a license to do so and you've got the training. Um, why not? Uh, restrictions. Oh, sorry. Right. Like, uh, so this is the next one. License to uh, carry concealed weapons or firearms. Yeah, and this removes a provision pro- prohibiting concealed carry from from openly carrying handguns. Um, or carrying concealed weapon or firearm into college or university fac- facility. So you could open carry on a university. Oh no, Caitlin Bennett was predicting the future. <laughs> Poopy pants um, and Bennett. I don't know. Uh, Oops, sorry. I don't know how I feel about that. About carrying um, at schools, colleges. Open what do you? If you're going to remove, so you, in a previous one, removing licenses to concealed carry, but then also removing prohibiting concealed carry licenses from openly carrying handgun or carrying concealed weapon or firearm in a cult. I feel like if you're going to remove the license, you probably shouldn't remove the prohibition on campuses because of if anyone's going to do something stupid, it's going to be a dipshit college kid um, who has no, yeah, or probably a drunk college kid realistically who has no idea what they're doing or is really stupid. Um, uh, you can't you can't buy a gun in Florida right now unless you're 21, anyways. Which I know is still like college age, but like you're a few years in. That's and, three years, um, so you'd be a junior. You'd be on, right if you're doing a four year degree. That'd be you're three quarters the way done. Um, now you can't buy one, but you can be 18 to own one. So, and considering Florida is a very um, I'd say gun-friendly state for the most part. There are a lot of people who are 18 and even under the age of 18 that I have known and do know who do own guns through family because it was a gift or otherwise. Right. It wouldn't be surprising if somebody on a campus owned a gun and was 18. I I would say for after thinking about it for a little bit, I think I'd be okay again if the training standard was what i want it to be yeah i would be okay with anybody carry uh concealed carrying or open carrying on campus um bearing in mind that you have full responsibility of that firearm if for some reason it gets into the wrong hands or you know whatever you if something happens you are the one that's responsible um i'm i'm okay with that if you have the proper training um as a former college yeah. student, I would be okay with people concealed carrying. I would not be comfortable around college students open carrying. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, yeah, I, I'd be more comfortable with concealed carrying also uh, versus open carrying. Open carrying can be distraction. Uh, and it, you're going yeah. to an institution where you're supposed to be educating yourself or learning something. And um, right. that can be distracting for a lot of people, especially for, look, let's be real, college kids. Um, probably a, a lot wrong with them mentally, and you know they just got out of high school for the most. Look, I'm, look. Let's just be. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> for you're you're stupid because your brain's not developed completely yet until you're about 25, give or take. 
Um, yeah. You're being thrown, a lot of college kids being thrown into an environment they've never been in before. It's all new to them. A lot of college right. kids have depression, anxiety, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, if you have open carrying, in addition to all of that, you have sexual angst and frustration. You have engineering classes, engineering classes. Uh, you, <laughs> you have uh, being introduced to new substances, whether they be legal or illegal. We have to admit it is definitely something that happens. Um, open carrying should not be a thing on campus. And again, um, there needs to be training for all of this and for all the people, especially in the instance of this, where you have a large concentration of a young population who is still not developed and is going through like a lot of intense stuff uh, right. mentally and socially. So that's just a recipe for disaster, to be honest, to be fair. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't know. Is there is there a minimum age for concealed carry? 21 you have to yeah, be 21, to, get, be 21 to, apply. to even get the license it's 21 to so you can own the gun at 18 or whatever but you can't conceal carry until you're 21 yeah you so that's you can still that carry is, or buy anything till 21 right i i would uh agree with your your both of your opinions i think open carry would be um excessive i think conceal carry is fine uh provided you have the correct training, training. On all this is just training stuff. If the, this is look, I would love this to happen. Um, I know libertarians are going to scream at the at the thought of taxation or something, but like this is how I think it should be done in the state of Florida, and this should be a state by state basis. You should you should introduce a new state tax on all firearm and ammunitions or any firearm related products, whether they be accessories or what have you. This tax pays for the education and training that would be voluntary by the state. Uh, the state of Florida, this is the case. Not not the state being the federal government, but the state of Florida would provide uh, education, course material, classes, and educators to you know, do the whole education bit, pay it with the taxes. If you complete that course successfully... Um, that is providing you pass whatever standard is done, they would give you like a card or something, and that card can be used to show that you've taken that class and it removes all taxes from the sale of firearms, uh, accessories, ammo-related products. That's, that's what I think would be effective because you have, first of all, you create an incentive to be educated and have that card Secondly, it's voluntary, so it doesn't. It's okay, so it doesn't impede on anybody's Second Amendment rights by taking away their ability to own a gun. You can still own a gun. You can still do things with it. You can still like buy your shit or whatever, but you can't be. Um, you won't just. You won't have the benefit of removing the taxation of of those things. You're basically getting a discount on purchasing stuff at that point. Um, so I think that is like the best solution, in my opinion, to addressing these issues. You're able to get people in training because everyone wants to save a buck. You get, um, you get your whole population trained because that was your goal in the first place. You can't be taken to court 
uh, well, I mean, you could be taken to court, but it's not going to pass because you're not impeding on anybody's Second Amendment rights. So any court threats are basically just virtue signaling uh, to a broader base or whatever. Let's and because they can't because what's the court going to do? Um, can people still uh, own guns? Uh, yeah, people can still own guns. Okay, so that doesn't infringe on their Second Amendment right if they can own guns. That's it. So I think personally, that's what I would do. That's if, you know, we're talking about Greg's ATF or Greg's <laughs> federal government. That would be that would be my state government uh, right there. That's what I would do. Gabriel, that's that's honestly that's the that's the best idea um, that I've ever heard as far as like tackling that issue. Um, having a tax on something like that just to pay for the training or the, you know, everything that goes into um, putting forth a program like that. I think that's just a, a really, really good idea. Um, and, and the and business the- owners who own the FFLs and all the stuff and they sell all the shit, they'd be incentivized too to, to advertise and broadcast this because right. you, cause you're not just taking away the tax that you add. You want to make this worthwhile all the way around. You want to remove the sales tax associated with it too because that makes the business owners want to advertise, hey, look, do this thing. The reason why is because I save money at the end of the year when I have to file my state my uh, state uh, sales tax. Right. That would be fantastic all the way right. around. Everybody's advertising it. Everybody is going to – well, not everybody. You're going to have some people who just don't give a shit and they'll just pay. But – at the end of the day, you're going to increase your edu- your base level of education and you'll oh, like not exactly overnight, but over the course of a year, I would not be surprised if the educated populace that in proportion to like gun ownership, um, when it comes to that specific topic would just skyrocket and we would have Florida would have like the most gun educated population in the 50 states as it stands that would that would happen so quickly and that'd be such an achievement too that'd be so cool and then you won't have these these people who have like poor trigger discipline or I mean you still would but it wouldn't be like to the degree that it is now you know yeah so the whole the whole fud uh, ideology would go away. <laughs> All praise to the FUD. I think yeah. putting incentives within tax structures, 100%. Uh, it's definitely yeah. a smart policy. So um, I'm just going to run through these real quick and just see if there's anything else that's notable. Um, we've got restrictions on, on firearms and ammunition during emergencies. This repeals provisions relating to specific Automatic restrictions on firearms and ammo during certain declared emergencies. Um, no bullets during the hurricane. I think that means like they just they don't they want you to be able to carry your guns and like, have your guns as it currently and- stands in the state of Florida. Um, if there is a state of emergency for the state or your area, or you are in an evacuation area, you are allowed to open carry. So if you are evacu, so like, let's say there's a hurricane coming and you live on the beach, you are legally allowed to open carry while you are evacuating. Only if the state or local government declares a state of emergency slash evacuation requirement. Sounds like they're trying to intimidate the incoming hurricane. <laughs> hey. Don't come over here! 
I wonder, well, it doesn't get, it doesn't specify, but like what are, it says it repeals the provisions relating to automatic restrictions on firearms. Are, are there restrictions on firearms during emergencies? I'm not sure. Um, there might be stuff like, like your normal stuff. Like you can't have a loaded gun within a certain proximity of you while you're driving a car. So they might remove that during an emergency. I don't know if that applies, but if you're allowed to open carry, I don't know why that, uh, that law would apply then. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if there is, then I guess, but I would be, I'm obviously okay with, with that also. Um, provision for preempting the field of regulators. That doesn't tell me anything. Okay. Um, so then the Senate bills, I think pretty much echo, well, this first one does the storage thing. Um, that echoes the other one from the house. Universal background checks requiring all sales, lease, and, and other transfers of and firearms to be tra- completed through a licensed dealer, authorizing a licensed dealer to charge a buyer or transferee specified fees. I am for requiring all sales to, to have background checks. I'd be a hundred as, as somebody who's sold several firearms on the you know privately. Um, I I don't personally have never run a background check on somebody that I've sold to, but. I'd be okay if they like forced me to do so. Um, I, I think it's way too easy to buy a gun privately in Florida. And um, I would be okay with that. I don't like the part where it says it has to be a licensed dealer. I wouldn't want to have to do that in order to sell my gun. But um, I don't know. I'm okay with doing background checks for every single gun sale, no matter what. Uh and for those of you who think that background ch- checks are against the Second Amendment, that's not true. It doesn't impede your ability to get a gun. No, it, it does not at all. Process of it. Having purchased several guns in my life, it does not impede your it does, right yeah, at all. It doesn't impede you. The only, and I mean, so I guess there could be an argument made that certain criminals would be removed of their rights, and you could argue that through the same way that voting is removed from certain criminals in certain states that was an impediment of their rights you could also argue that this would be an impediment of their rights um i don't know i mean maybe a better way to go about that is to make sure we don't have a shitty social welfare program so that people don't get into those situations in the first place and also read reorganize how we do prisons the answer isn't going to be a gun regulatory process it's going to be uh actually fixing the problems that we have in the united states instead of just like ignoring them you know right that's that's a multifaceted it's a yeah it's a multifaceted issue so it's like you you go into you go into the details why is it that people are more likely to commit crime if they've been jailed or imprisoned well when have you ever tried to fucking get a job after you've been in jail or imprisoned right it's nearly impossible so what right. what do people typically do they go back doing things that allow them to survive and make money and then those things are just they are illegal so they end up going back in jail or imprisoned because they couldn't get a job that's fucked right. up yeah. It's as if the underlying conditions have not been solved while they were in prison. <laughs> like, oh my god. <sighs> yeah. Excuse what me, a, sir. You have cancer. Part. We're going to head and remove everything around the cancer, but leave the cancer in there. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna 
but leave the cancer in there. Um, it shouldn't be able to That's spread from analogy. there because there's nothing to spread to. Right. <laughs> Sorry, this is a really good analogy. It's, it's right, though. Like, isn't that like a really shitty answer to like trying to solve this problem? Sir, you have cancer. We're gonna handcuff you to your uh, your bed and just watch you die. Like that's so fucked up. Yeah, uh, that's a nightmare. Um, oh yeah. So let's see. Universal background checks, whatever. Um, here's another one that's relevant to Nathan and I know other um, uh, printing 3D printing advocates. Uh, this is House Bill mm-hmm. or uh, State Bill uh, uh, 372, three-dimensional printed firearms. Um, three-dimensional printed firearms prohibiting a person from printing, transferring, importing into this state, distributing, selling, possessing, or giving an, uh, another person uh, 3D printed firearms as as a, as of a specified date, providing criminal penalties, requiring persons in possession possession of such firearms to relinquish them to law enforcement. So this uh, one is automatically a lawsuit. If this gets passed, it's immediately going to yeah. be going through the federal court system because saying you're going to take away people's ability to 3D print gun parts is the same is the same as like you can't build a gun by yourself. Right, and the other you, things that it seeks to address are already addressed. You can't yeah, if you make a gun. Super redundant. You can't sell the gun anyway to anybody or give it away. You can only make it for yourself as the law currently reads federally. So right. not only is this not going to pass, or if it does pass, go immediately to the courts and get revoked, um, or uh, it, it's just redundant in the fact that it's just reinstating what is already federal law. So it's like. Yep completely pointless yeah and also just at face value from what i heard it just sounds like it's taking away a very specific means of manufacturing gun yeah parts it is guns. it's only 3d and... guns and uh it doesn't include uh me going to not necessarily me because i don't have the ability to build a gun personally or well I don't have the time or effort to want to put into building a gun personally but there's nothing stopping me from going out and getting like quarter inch pipe uh, quarter inch thick pipe and just capping it off on one side and drilling a hole and putting a little uh, little thing in there basically making a hand cannon you know a 21st yeah. century musket a 21st century musket there's nothing stopping me from doing that i can do that um if you're going to take away the 3d print you'd also have to address the ability for someone to go to home depot to do that too right which you're not going to because that's inhibiting your rights at that point yeah because as I yeah. understand it, currently the law is you can make whatever you want by any means, but you just cannot sell it without an FF. You can't license. sell it or give it away because it's non-serialized. Yeah. You cannot give you away can't. or sell non-serialized yeah. stuff to, through any means. Like you, um, you can't go like give it to an FFL or sell yeah. it to an FFL and have them try to sell it. Cause You'd like have said, to go out of your way, get it serialized first. Yeah then you could sell or give it away at that point. Right. Because at that point, it's all, it's basically like doing it with a, with a normal gun that's manufactured by a mass manufacturer. So, right. That was pretty much the last one on there that had any, um, anything significant to talk about. So those are the bills that have been, uh, introduced so far. Uh, we'll see 
what happens with them if they get voted on or thrown out or whatever. That you know, anybody can introduce a bill. That's just you know what's out there for the first month of January, twenty twenty one. Looks like the only thing we have left to talk about is the inauguration. Oh, and the ATF again. Exciting happening today. Oh yeah, and the ATF. Yeah. Um, and I'll, for, for those of you, I'll include the links to the House and Senate websites for Florida so that you can just go ahead and do whatever. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Do you want to tackle the ETF first, then? Yeah, let's do that, because that's like directly related to everything. So, Kansas City sues ATF for giving license to gun manufacturer accused of trafficking. <clears throat> So I'm actually not too oh. familiar with this story until I like was just perusing uh, YouTube's and I saw something on it. I was like, "Wow, that's uh, interesting." I'd never seen the ATF sort before. <laughs> so uh, it's a very brief, short article. Um, the city of Kansas City filed suit against a federal agency in an attempt to close down a gun manufacturer that sprung up again after a previous suit by the city forced its uh, predecessor into bankruptcy. The city, along with the state of Illinois and every town for gun safety support fund, is suing the Federal Bureau of Alcohol and Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, uh, Atafi. <laughs> for its decision to grant a license to JA Industries. The city previously sued uh, Jimenez Arms, alleging its cheap handguns contributed to gun trafficking. Jimenez filed for bankruptcy and shut down, only to come back with a slightly different name. City, city, it's basically an NRA story. The, the city previously sued Jimenez Arms for its alleged participation in a gun trafficking scheme by former KC Fire Department Captain James Samuels. In August, Samuels pleaded guilty to charges claiming he sold 77 guns over a five-year period, including two convicted felons. Of the 77 guns sold, 43 were Jimenez pistols. ATF declined to comment on ongoing litigation, according to the Star. I I vaguely remember hearing about Jimenez. Um, I gotta look them up again because I know that they were cheap for sure. So my uh, comments on this so far are based. They're just. I feel like this show is just an echo chamber of like the previous stuff that we say because all this shit just. Bo- and I feel like maybe every leftist is like this because they're like this. All is the, it's it comes down to the same stuff. You got to fix the issues that cause the problems so you don't have the problems anymore. If the issue is selling it to convicted felons, then why don't we just fix the bit where people become convicted felons so they don't have an issue with owning a firearm in the first place? Rehabilitate them, give them job opportunities, allow them to be citizens. Give them and restore their rights and restore their rights. Give them the opportunity to be a human being and allow them the opportunity to participate in our society. It's pretty fucked mm-hmm. up that they can't do that. And every time they try to do that, they get fucked up more. It's so stupid. Right. That's that. That's what would solve this whole issue. As it currently stands, though, I guess technically Kansas City is completely in their rights to do this, and I have. I have a feeling that it's going to end up going through and this place is going to file for bankruptcy and probably do the same thing again. Honestly, when I heard the description of uh, 
the company like reinstating itself, but under a slightly different name. All I could think was like just all the business owners put on fake mustaches, <laughs> and, like just in crayon, changed their company. name. <laughs> <laughs> they put you know the glasses that you put on, and it's got the big nose with the mustache. Yeah, and, the Groucho Marx. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. it's basically that. Just what are you talking about? <laughs> what? We're not Jimenez Arms. We're Jimenez Arms. Yeah. <laughs> We're a Spanish company. Yeah. <laughs> Me llamo Jimenez Arms. We're, we're Jimenez uh, legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we make gun boots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Um, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, that's a big fuck up on the ATF's part. What? Here's the thing, like, if that police or um fire chief or whatever if he was the one doing like the bullshit or whatever that has nothing to do with the firearms manufacturer right i don't know the specific the specificities of the prior court case it could be the idea that they intentionally priced their firearms for the you know opportunity for this guy to do whatever i don't know what the previous court case was but those guns, those guns are pretty cheap. Like just MSRP is like $150 or something. Oh, that's like, so that's like some high point stuff right there. Yeah. But they, but they're, I think they're a little bit better than high points in general. <laughs> um, low bar. Wait, yeah. can I add, I know we didn't talk about this, but can I add a gun that I would like to talk about, please? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, 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 but Hey, um, <laughs> Real quick, let's. You guys have anything else that you want to talk about for uh, this Kansas City thing before I do that? I'm good. We we put out all the information because <laughs> it just it had reminded me when we were talking about cheap guns. Mm-hmm. I Greg is always talking about guns that he recommends and guns that he talks about. Well, you know what, bitches? I got one now too. It's Gabe's oh, turn. My. It's my turn. It's my turn, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> sorry all right so i was you guys probably know what i'm going to talk about i was talking about this in our little chats uh the ar7 <clears throat> it is a takedown 22 rifle um it looks like if you took a luger gave it a long ass barrel and a stock that's what it looks is like the, uh, is that the henry rifle the henry rifle yes that's a cool gun I, I it's so fucking it cool so hold on, I want to see if I can find a picture of this. Um, oh, they do. Sorry, I was going to say one thing that I was a, a ding against it, but they actually, I'm looking at the website now, and they do sell a version that's got a pick rail on it. So that would be right. Whatever. Hold on, I want to download <laughs> this. I just want to open this image in a new tab. I live for pick rails. <laughs> okay. I was going to try to expand this image, but basically. Um, you get, I think it's like two or three mags. Um, they're eight round capacity magazines for a twenty two long rifle. Um, the entire sell, um, gun, you can put it into the butt stock of the gun. Right. And it weighs like three and a half pounds. <laughs> like, I think, I think they, sell, cool. they sell 25 round mags, I think, also for them. Um, do they but. fit in the butt stock? That probably doesn't fit in the bot stack. Yeah. No. Use some duct tape. You'll be fine. Yeah, just duct tape it to the sides. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, it is such a cool a concept, such a cool gun. 
Um, it's probably going to be the, excuse me. It's probably going to be the 22 that I buy. Um, just because, uh, the gun itself is fairly inexpensive considering that it's like really dope as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's really cool. Um, I know that they have the MSRP here at 388. I have seen zero places that have MSRP. Uh, or retail or whatever at more than 250 280 dollars give or take i'm checking gunbroker right now um don't check gunbroker <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so you. hard to i was looking on gunbroker earlier uh, last night or the night before whatever trying to find an ar7 and of the ones i found they're like going for like four or five hundred dollars and there's only like two or three of them so there's one right if you if you find well, an AK on gunbroker <laughs> If you uh, search properly, which I tend to do, um, you go buy format, go to buy now, and then just sort by low to high uh, for the Henry AR7. Here's one for $350. But um, um, Just purchase price. The only downside right now is that it's not available almost anywhere around me. So I would probably have to specialty order it from like Academy or like, hey, can you guys order me this gun or something? And they they might oh. be able to do it, but yeah, right this here. is probably going to be the gun that I'm going to get. I'm I'm going to send you the link right now. Okay. I actually know someone that did get the Henry rifle and looks pretty damn cool. Because my idea is like this is like the perfect, like almost anything, but minor version of it gun. Like if you have um if you if you want to go varmint hunting, you got a little twenty two weighs almost nothing. Uh, you can put it it's literally in a fucking backpack. You can strap it to the side of a backpack, my guy. And it weighs, it just, because it weighs almost nothing, um, you're good. Also, 22 is really light in the first place anyway, because it's just such a small round. And it's just, I've heard nothing really bad about the Henry AR7. Apparently, there was a previous manufacturer before Henry got it, and it was not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess don't get a pre Henry manufactured AR seven. <laughs> well, they were they were made. Do you know why they were made? Like what they were? I actually have first... no idea. Was it an so, Allen rifle? Yeah, it was, it was. It was carried by um, pilots in the Air Force uh, during World War II and Vietnam. Uh, they carried these rifles in case they were to get shot down, and they needed something to that was lightweight. Like you said, can break down and just be stored very easily. Um, and literally, like, if that happened, you, you know, crash or whatever. Um, you break out your rifle, put it together, load it up, and then you have something mm-hmm. to defend yourself with if you are an enemy, you know, lines or whatever, behind enemy, enemy lines. So that's what it was designed for, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, did you see that link that I just sent? I um I don't open Discord just because it will. Uh, uh, it's it's a gun broker listing for it's three hundred and fifty dollars, um, which is I think probably co- pretty close to you know the lowest you'll find it. It is like the weird. Yeah, it's in Georgia, um, so shipping probably wouldn't be that much. And then I find I have a place that I transfer firearms to for twenty dollars, which is the cheapest I've ever seen. So you you probably have to pay four hundred dollars, um, give or take, all out the door, because uh, you don't pay tax on out of state purchases. 
So that's that's pretty good. Four hundred for a you know a relatively cool takedown. <clears throat> I, I um, like it. I like the idea of it. Um, it's so cool because it's like um, you can it if you're you know doing whatever. You have your main gun, you have your side gun, and this could very easily be a backup uh, of a of like either or. To be honest, um, it could very easily see you being in a situation where you got to take cover for something. Maybe like uh, there's a boar charging you, or I don't know, like a non shit hits the fan <laughs> situation that we could um, be uh, a hit for. <laughs> As long um, as it's not three to fifty feral hogs, you'll be okay. For whatever reason, you know, I mean, maybe re- assembling it might take a little bit of time, but it's not going to take you forever because it's just a matter of like open butt stock, take uh, base components out, stick in, put mag in, shoot. Um, so probably like thirty seconds because you know thirty seconds is a lot fucking longer than you think it is. One Mississippi, yeah. two Mississippi, three mm-hmm. Mississippi times ten. So um, I I could see this. This is a very uh utilitarian gun in my mind personally yeah i think it's awesome i uh i'm a i'm a capacity whore so i'm a little upset <laughs> it's got only eight rounds it should have 10 in my opinion that's like the standard for 22 um and then most most 22s uh, on the on the market uh rifles at least um have something like a 25 round or 30 round magazines that are available. I can see why they did the eight rounds. They like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know. In this case, and the option of having more than that is always nice too. Um, but like for what this is, um, I'm not really going to complain about eight rounds. You get two mags. Um, it's super compact, super lightweight. This is exactly what I was looking for. This is exactly yeah. the type of gun I was looking for. See, right. this is what you gotta do, though. You gotta picture like the ideal situation. You're an airman. Something happens to your plane, your jet, your whatever. You gotta eject. You got your parachute. You're floating to the ground, and you see a boar, hundred <laughs> feet below you. You pull that sucker out, assemble it, put the mag in, land on land on it, and, and just... like ride it like a horse, and then just like just get a bunch of twenty-two shots right into the to the spinal cord. <laughs> <laughs> That is such a cool Honestly, when I hit my friend up next time we're at the range, I, I want to handle that and see how it feels because it looks so freaking cool. You have a friend that has one? Yeah. Is he wanting to uh, sell it? He actually tried to... No, he literally just got it. He wanted to use oh, it for um, the Appleseed marksmanship training, my, but they ended up saying, no, use one of our loaners. My friend David just um, had a friend who was selling one. Okay. Um, and I was going to I was gonna say it to you guys, but we... Again, my friend Chris, who's I've mentioned a lot, a lot on the show, um, he he and I, and then we have another mutual friend named Todd. Um, he bought the gun out, like outright from from David before I had a chance to mention it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, probably gave him a fair price. You know, he's he's good about doing that. So, uh, my friend Todd's got one who. Um, he, if I asked him to, if I could try it or whatever, he'd be more than happy to let you try it also. Does this get the Greg seal of approval? <laughs> it does. I mean, like you said, for for what it's designed for, and um, I'm I'm looking at the Henry website right now, and it looks like all three of the, the modern versions have pick rails, which um, that to me, like being able to mount an optic onto a rifle quickly and easily 
is a nice convenience. So that's awesome. And honestly, you could probably reduce assembly time by just having the uh, the bolt carrier portion of it left on. You could remove the barrel uh, and the magazine. Yeah. Keep the barrel magazine stowed away in the uh, the uh, the butt stock. Right. That way, it's just really it's even faster to reassemble it and. You're the bolt carrier assembly portion of it isn't exactly going to take up a lot more space than the stock of it anyway. You know, it comes right. out like another couple inches or so, you know. Right. And you could just leave your optic yeah, on, right. not have to worry about taking your optic off ever. You just leave it on. Right. And but, your assembly's um, faster. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a cool gun. I, uh, it has my stamp of approval. I, I, I like it. I wish I knew about this gun when we were doing the 22 episode. <laughs> That's but this okay. is so cool. I love it. I love this gun. It's just a great gun. Yeah. yeah. I actually discovered that when I was looking for my first 22 to take to do the Apple Seed training. And uh, I ended up getting the Winchester Wildcat. And it's a pretty cool gun, although the fucking aftermarket magazine i used for it jammed and couldn't even get it out so i had to use one of their rifles that was annoying that was embarrassing you have a you have a rifle called the winchester wildcat yes oh i didn't know that was i thought that was just ammo it was kind of like when i found out that my third party extended magazines for my pistol weren't going to work because the the springs aren't strong enough i was Ah. so sad man I still haven't gotten springs to replace it because it's like that's not top tier on my list of things I need to get. I have a I have a first party regular magazine for it. I don't Mm -hmm. I can just use that for now. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's aftermarket and like that's just a coincidence it jammed or I just need to clean it and what kind of jam was it? Oh geez, I'm not sure. Um one I I shoot that thing? Have I shot it before? I don't think you've used my rifle yet. But um, yeah, one of the bullets got bungled when the uh, bolt was trying to drive it into the receiver. Did it or... eject properly, the the old one? Oh, hell no. That sucker was stuck. And then got the bullet out, but then the magazine itself refused to come out. Like the spring release wasn't working properly. Mm. But, you know, I took it apart. Um the Sunday after, and yeah, I managed to get the magazine out. So I don't 100% know what was going on, but something got stuck. And I have a feeling if I had it cleaned before I took it out, it probably would have worked. But we will see. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably, I, so I used to have a Ruger 10 22. Mm-hmm. Um, I reluctantly sold it right at the beginning of the, uh, like, uh, COVID. COVID Damn, dude. We yeah. all make mistakes. Uh, it's okay. When we, when we didn't My know... My mistake you know, was this... getting into guns after it all started. Yeah. <laughs> we just needed a, little, we needed a little cash, and I was like, well, this is going to sell instantaneously. And it did, and I got... I actually made money on it, um, which was good, but I still regret selling it, so I definitely... I'm, I've been looking at 22 rifles also. There's there's one called a Rossi, uh, which I've is... I've seen the Rossi. Um easily the cheapest one available you can get them for like 150 bucks mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. found out later that that's a company owned by taurus um manufacturer. no kidding oh well there there you go yep and so um but again i would prefer to you can you can mount scopes on them and stuff i guess fairly easily 
but I think in general, um, the, the 1022s, they have the magazines that are generally reliable and all that kind of stuff. So I'm probably just going to try to find another one of those. Um, cause I, they are just really fun to shoot and just have. I think for, for uh, the, uh, whenever I get the AR seven, <laughs> if I were to get an optic for it, I'd probably get a low powered or well, I guess no power. Cause I don't, I personally don't want to have to have a battery that I have to deal with, but like some sort of low powered optic, like, uh, maybe like a low powered scope, um, that mm-hmm. just, you know, a little bit, cause it's 22, it's not going to go super far and it's more so for getting a clear sight picture of what you're shooting because you know in my situation my shtf concern is being able to uh gather food somehow and if that means hunting something even if it's small game like squirrel i don't want to just shoot the squirrel and hit something and just have it bleed out i'd want to be first of all effective per round the fewer rounds i have to fire the better and um also cleanly and as quick as possible you know kill the animal so it doesn't have to suffer um right and that that would be like a survival type situation as well so um i would i would just rather have a a cleaner sight picture you know i don't at that point I don't need to have to pull up the gun and quickly uh, get my eyes associated and all that. I don't need that. I need to just be able to get a clean sight of what I'm looking at. So that's probably what I would end up getting on it. Yeah, it's definitely a cool, uh, cool rifle. Oh, uh, anything else about 22s? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Um, that could be a whole episode. That I will also episode. note that the uh, 25 round mag I used for my Winchester Wildcat, no issues. Just like a couple of jams, but I think that was the bullet itself. But mm. um, yeah, no, I don't know what the hell happened with that uh, that 10 round mag. That was that was embarrassing as hell. Mm. You know, they make a pill for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Um, All right. Well, since, since we're actually. Yeah, and the, and I think it just started actually at twelve. Um, I'll have to get the live feed going later uh, after we're done recording. Um, but yeah, they had to. Uh, let's see. Let's pull this up here. U.S. security officials guard against attack on Biden inauguration. Um, yeah, have you? I mean, I'm sure if you guys seen the the photos and everything of, of what Washington looks like now. I haven't uh, seen. A lot of photos. I've seen a couple things, but um, the article that I have pulled up here, uh, the FBI security screening of the 25,000 members of the National Guard assigned to Washington to protect the event. They're screening everybody. And I think I know, I think they know why they need to screen. Um, It's not exactly uncommon. And Greg, maybe you can correct me because you have previous uh, experience in uh, military service, but yes, it, it can be fairly right leaning uh, for a lot of military members, and it yes. has isn't exactly uncommon to have concerning political viewpoints amongst the members of people who serve. Uh, so, officially, um, and obviously, this isn't a you know this, these people were called to duty, and that's whatever. But officially, you're not supposed to show up in uniform to any kind of political event. Um, 
representing the military in any way politically, um, even though the military is in and of itself sort of a political entity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, it would be of concern. Um, I, you know, personally, while I was in, I, I met people from definitely from both sides of the political spectrum, but I would say you're, you're right in saying that most of the army, <clears throat> excuse me, um, specifically the national guard, uh, is probably right leaning. Um, yeah, so that's probably good of them to, to do some kind of background checking or vetting or whatever of these people. That was something I tried looking into, so I had more specific facts on it. And not necessarily recently. This is something I've, on and off, I've tried to look into. There is almost no data on the military, and I don't mean like the idea of the military or the military-industrial complex. I mean like the individuals who make up the military, uh, the people on the ground and all that. There is almost no data on the people who are in the military and their political association. Um, it I wouldn't is, imagine that. <clears throat> it is very hard to get any idea of good sample sizes for political affiliation in the military. I think the best I had ever seen was a study that was done with like 300 people. Um, it is, and 300 people, when you're talking about something that spans generations and something that you're talking about that is literally global. Um, that is, 300 people is not a sufficient enough sample size to get an idea of a group of individuals who participate in something. Um, right. So that's why I wanted to be careful with how I said that, because I know not everybody who joins the military is of that mindset. But um, at least through other people and through uh, subjective statements that are made from individuals and their subjective stories and stuff, um, mm -hmm. I have gained the opinion or I have formed the opinion that, uh, there is a decent chunk of the military that is very right leaning. Um, and unfortunately I cannot yeah. back that up with facts. I'm sorry, guys. I, I can, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I was in for 10 years, um, from 20, from 2009 to 2019 um, or like the end of 2018-ish. Um, and seven of those years were in a military police unit. That's the unit that I went to Afghanistan with. Um, speaking about that sample size, uh, mm -hmm. I've talked about it before. Um, a lot of those people, well, again, it was national, or sorry, it was the Army Reserves, so it wasn't like, you know, national units or, you know, uh, yeah. full-time active duty people tend to be, I think a little bit more diverse uh, units just because it's, you know, people from all over the country in, you know, different bases and units and stuff. But um, yeah, obviously it was, it was sort of like rural Michigan um, people uh, with, some of them were civilian police and some, you know, a lot, most of them weren't though. And, you know, there was definitely some issues with, so we had a, our, our first Sergeant was a female African American woman. Um, and that caused a lot of contention, uh, with some of our people. And there was definitely some, uh, racist stuff going on 
uh, at least comments at the very least, just people talking about her in a negative way. Um, and generally speaking, you know, I think Republicans are more known as the less tolerable people of, <laughs> you know, not being accepting of people of color or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I saw that all the time, but at the same time, when I moved to Florida and I was in a different unit, uh, and just in general in the military, the people that I've, I met along the way, I would definitely say that the military is more diverse than you probably would think. Um, you know, large, still even in the military, large populations of people of color, mm-hmm. uh, Hispanics, um, LGBT, uh, whatever. Um, so it's, it's about as varied as, as you can get, as you can get as an organization. Um, but obviously there's pockets of, of people depending on what the jobs are or what, you know, whatever. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's my takeaway from being in or what I saw. Whew. And just to clarify, <laughs> so we don't get shit on later. I know not all parts of the military are, are that way. They're not, not all parts are racist. There's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't care what you look like or what, whatever. Um, uh, I just care that you're, you know, you're there uh, when I need you kind of thing like that. you, right. Yeah. So I understand that there are, there is also that when there, there's almost like a degree of acceptance as well. And I've heard those yeah, stories too. Um, yeah. But for some that's reason, I mean, there's like a lot of veterans on Facebook, man, who just really hold these disgusting opinions. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's, that's, that's the thing is, I think, I think, I would honestly say that, you know, I wouldn't even break it down into like, into like Republicans versus Democrats in the military. Cause it's, it's, that's not, um, the, that's not really where that, where that breaks down. It's a, a yeah, I know. broad I'm, ideology. I'm not saying, yeah, I would just say the military as a whole is, is more diverse than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you just said, like if you're looking at, you know, it's a military police unit. So these, all of these people signed up to, for the military to become a, a military police officer. Yeah. That's going to attract a certain demographic of people. The, the same uh, way that police departments um, currently attract a specific type of demographic yeah. of individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime that I had to go to like a military hospital or had to deal with like admin or, um, even like just certain like logisticals, like the, the last unit I in was a I was in was a um, a logistics unit um, having to do with truck like the trucking and communications and stuff like that. Um, all of those people were all just regular, you know, what I would assume to be either left leaning or maybe even independent, you know, whatever you want to say. Definitely, definitely far from the the far right or even like, you know mid middle right or whatever you want to say um (laughs) so i'm trying to be diplomatic no no no, that's that's fair that's fine so you know saying that you know the entire military is is right leaning or whatever i think is inaccurate but um obviously there is a population of people that are rightly and the the point i was coming to was that those people are probably going to be the most vocal and make the most noise online and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's another part. Yeah. So, the loud minority. Um, yeah, exactly. I think I would so, also argue that considering the military mm-hmm. is 
majority working class people because you know if you have your officers and you know generals etc then they're more than likely going to be you know probably well off people before they join the military or really work their ass out to become officers but anyway working class people they're probably going to be you know in a holding pattern around the center until they figure their life out and figure out what their values line up with so that's my two cents. I mean, my only yeah. knowledge is just observation as a military brat. So, <laughs> welcome, military brat. <laughs> and for I anyone, that actually, your, your parents were in the military. Yeah, my uh, mom did twenty years in the navy. Met my stepdad, also did twenty years in the navy, and then like before them, uh, grandparents did navy. I think one of my uncles was in the, uh, the army briefly. Uh, I don't know anything oh, okay. about his uh, military experience, but yeah, a, a lot of my family was military, but I, uh, thankfully gotcha. for me, dodged that bullet. <laughs> gotcha. Almost literally. Hey, hey. Yeah. So. Um, cool. Well, I think that covers um, everything we wanted to talk about. Uh, did you guys have anything else? Nate, do you have anything? Um, actually, a thought that's been pinballing in my head here and there um, on a previous subject uh, with uh, in regards to open carry, like in general, not necessarily you know either on campus or in a religious institution. Uh, I guess where are y'all at? Because I'm kind of on the fence, but leaning towards I don't like open carry, but I guess I'm willing to be convinced. <clears throat> I'm okay with open carry um, minus like what we currently have regulations for concealed carry. Like you can't walk into a federal building with a con- with, while concealed carrying, or you actually can't take anything into a federal building. Pretty much, uh, you can't just have, don't go into a federal building. It's easy. You can't have like a utility knife even um, unless you're like contracting for something there specifically. In the same with state buildings and schools. Um, but aside from like those obvious places, I think you should be able to open carry just about anything almost. <clears throat> personally my my thing about it is um so again it kind of goes back to what i said before about training um i think that if you i kind of just view it the same way that i would do it like if i had the ability to open carry i know me personally i have training enough to feel comfortable to do so um obviously with concealed carrying also um I think that as soon as you have the ability and ha- are, are comfortable enough doing something like that, carrying a gun on you doesn't really become uh, a, controvers- a controversial thing for yourself or for, I mean, obviously it's, it's you know, a uh, perspective of other people, but I would just see carrying a gun as just another thing that you, it's, it's the same thing to me as carrying a knife. Um, or just something else for self-defense that just happens to be a lot more effective. Um, So if you have the training for it, the the main, I'm trying to like gather all my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main thing that you, that you always hear with, with open carry on, at least on the internet and stuff is like, Oh, you be, you know, you become a target to um, criminals or whatever. Um, or, you know, just you just have like a, a spotlight put on you or whatever. I think that, well, first of all, there's no evidence to suggest that you would become any more of a target 
with a gun openly carried versus concealed carried or not at all. Um, in the in the research that I've done, I haven't found any evidence to suggest that that is true. Um, and again, it's it's more it's it's about the whole like uh, perspective of society. So the 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 example that I like to use is uh, marijuana. So prior to 1937 or whatever that year was, 34 or whatever it was, uh, marijuana was legal. Um, and over the course of the 20th century and now into the 21st century, the societal perspective of marijuana has changed drastically to the point where now it's legal and it's not going to like make you see the devil in front of your face and be influenced or what, you know what I mean? Like all the crap that they used to all say the about madness lies. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the crap that they said about marijuana and stuff in the beginning and, you know, for a long time that, very much influenced public perspective um, was just not true and uh, just propaganda and just bullshit. Um, I know it's not exactly the same with guns, but that's kind of my thing is like if, if guns were openly carried and, you know, on a regular basis and regular society and whatever, um, and it just became more familiar to people as a regular thing, I think it would, I don't think it it would have the controversy that, that it does. Um, I'm perfectly happy with, con- with, con- uh, concealed carrying, uh, and whatever, but I'm just saying that if it happened to become legal in, in Florida to open carry that I, I would probably would do so just because I feel comfortable doing, doing that. Um, I think you, I think people should be able to have the choice and, uh, if you choose to fine. And if not, and like I said, there, there would have to be some kind of training standard in order to be licensed to do so. I obviously am not for any kind of like uh, constitutional carry, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, or, um, you know, not having any training or, you know, whatever. Just I think training is the number one thing and having uh, having a, a license or something like that would have to be the requirement to do to do anything like that. So that's my feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Well, I think the issue that I keep running into, which eh, might be more based on ignorance than anything, but at the same time, there's, you know, some valid concern is uh, like assholes carrying guns openly, <laughs> you know, the fucking MAGA Confederacy, the South will rise again, t-shirt. Yeah. It's just well, like, I mean, statistically, they're the ones carrying guns in the first place. So yeah. So it's well, like, that, I just don't that, again, want the one asshole open carrying that's like, you fucking raise your voice at me one more time, we're going to have a problem, which couldn't legally threaten someone with a gun, but still, it's not necessarily going to stop them from doing it. But that's, that's what, that's what I kind of I mean by like the whole public perspective is that if people like you and I and Gabriel mm-hmm. were the ones open carrying firearms and, you know, the, the uh, uh, non binary. <laughs> Uh, you know, flag waving, whatever, uh, gay people and, and people of color and everything else like that. If those people started open carrying firearms, the you know the perspective would change, the the yeah. opinion yeah. would change. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I mean. The the person, the MAGA hat, uh, <clears throat> wearing conservative open carrying firearms at the um, at the uh, uh, rallies. <clears throat> excuse me and everything um you know that's that's the perspective and i think that's what needs to change needs to change uh furthermore i would not i don't condone the open carrying of rifles 
Um, okay. I, I think that would be if, again, if I was making the law, I would say handguns and I would have a specific definition for handgun, not these, you know, AR pistols and all that bullshit. Um, it was, so you'd be considering have, an upgrade to current concealed carry laws, more or correct. less. Correct. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm would, fine with that. Some, something that you can actually holster um, and, and keep on a belt, like some, some kind of definition revolving around that, um, you know, whatever. We would come up with the definition collectively as whatever, but um, that, that would be my thing. If you, you know, just open carrying a, a handgun versus a rifle i don't think you ever need a rifle unless you know unless you're going hunting or for for home defense um that would be part of the my my legislation if i were to introduce it um, again with the proper training etc so well you know where i stand on training so <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of my, hey, my if anyone listen to this if anyone listen to this and you're a legislator and you want to adopt that that thing that i said with the tax thing just take it i don't give a <laughs> shit don't even give me credit just do it um i'd love to see it implemented because the way that things get adopted is if they get adopted somewhere first then everyone else does it happen with pot it's going to happen with um what is it the uh um I mean, you could submit the idea to a committee or caucus. I've sent it to my senators and congresspeople, and I always I get the pretty generic response. Oh, thank you for your input. Uh, we're we're currently considering um, other options at the moment, uh, but we appreciate. Uh, yeah, just like the the BS thing. So, <laughs> freaking liberals. <laughs> yeah, basically. So. Um, so yeah, just like yeah. clench your teeth and go oh hey uh republican representative i have an idea that you might actually support <laughs> it's an well no because scott when i submitted it to um uh who was it fuck uh the bald evil dude uh scott something uh, rick scott <laughs> yeah Bold rick Lamar. scott when i submitted it to rick scott and uh, marco rubio and um uh just uh, just every anyone I could get um, that I got that response from them. So it's just it oh, okay. So it was like across the board. Across the board. Across the board. I got like, oh, thank you for your input, and uh, we appreciate uh, that you are participating in. Uh, blah 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 blah. Just you have to message your your state representative. I did. That like, Rick Scott's one of our state representatives. No, I mean like in the state of Florida. The idea you you just mentioned you you've, you've submitted that to other people. I've submitted. Yeah, I've, I've submitted. I've submitted that to. Uh, <laughs> now I've kind of stopped because I kept getting the same responses. But back a long time ago, like three or four years ago, I I mass submitted this idea. Admittedly, I've modified it recently uh, in the past one two years maybe, but it's also, it's effectively the same idea. Yeah. No, it's a great idea, and I. I think it should be, let's just put it this way. If I win the lottery <laughs> this week, we're just going to lobby throw, until it happens. I will throw, yeah. I will throw millions of dollars at that idea for you on your behalf. And I uh, too look forward it. to the GG pack. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The super pack. The GG super pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, 
means that cool. that's that's what i mean that, that, that's kind of my idea like when it when we're talking about open carry that's what i would that's the circumstance that i would want it under you know um right. i would want it under the situation where it's like we have a fairly well-educated and trained population that understands the consequences negative and positive of doing said thing um but I come from that presupposition. Um, so I guess I should remind myself that I need to be grounded in reality. And that's not exactly the uh, situation we live under. So does that answer your question, Nate? Oh yeah. Um, I think fine tuning the expectations for open carry is, uh, inspired me a little bit. Yeah. I think open carry for pistol, I'd be pretty okay with, but yeah, I honestly seeing people with their, decked out ARs would not make me comfortable at all. I yeah. would be comfortable with rifles and other types of long gun if it was under the circumstance that we also addressed um, a lot of inconsistencies, I should say, I guess would be a nice way to put it. But basically the whole, like, for some reason, black people don't have the same ability to carry certain guns as white people. And it just so happens to be that those guns are more difficult to acquire because if it were not for the black Panthers who open carried and took advantage um, of using that, right. Um, a lot of the police stuff that was, that led up to the civil rights movement would have never been addressed. Cause I don't know if you know this, but the black Panthers in some areas, they used to open carry rifles in their car and they would, um, they, they were community policing, um, mm -hmm. because the cops, you know, during the civil rights movement were much worse than the cops we have now. Uh, they're more open about their bigotry and, and such, and their institutionalized racism and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And if it weren't for like the Black Panther movement or other types of movements that were akin to that, but not as popular, if it wasn't for them open carrying, we probably wouldn't have seen, uh, well, I don't know if it not seen the civil rights at all, but we probably wouldn't have seen it blown up uh, the way that it did. Um, just because like that was such a big thing. Right. Yeah. The whole the, the Mulford Act. Yeah. In California. Honestly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of incredible how awesome the Black Panther Party was for their time. They're so cool, dude. They're yeah, so cool. And the fact that they don't exist now because there was so much like state response to their existence and their activities shows how effective they were. Because mm -hmm. you know, with the open carrying and monitoring police activities in their communities to make sure they weren't you know up to some bullshit and just you know obviously profiling and stalking you know poor black people. Like, yeah, that's why the fucking, what was it, Reagan? No, no Reagan was whoever, the one that... Whoever uh, passed the laws, they're like, fuck you, you can't carry these weapons. That was Reagan. Okay. That was Reagan. Um, yeah. And then, of course, with the um, the school lunch program and the school breakfast program that they were doing, like, yep. they got replaced with, what, SNAP? And that's how kids are getting, you know, low-income families are getting food for their kids. Like, holy shit, they were effective. They were awesome. Yeah. The government and the municipalities are like, okay, we can't have black people with this much uh, power and sway over their communities. So uh, let's uh, really insane. take them down. Uh, hey, FBI, want to help us out? So yeah. So under those contexts, that that would be where I would probably be okay with open carry. Is the context that we have like the ability to form 
like not exactly Black Panther movements, but the ability to form movements that are akin to it, um, that address modern problems or contemporary problems. Um, I feel like that would be the only use case outside of hunting and um, uh, hunting and home defense for rifles. Um, just because like that has real world implications, real world scenarios. And obviously that went somewhere. Um, so we should probably support that to some degree, uh, for just for the sake of being able to have people able to benefit their community, you know, right. I'm all for community structures, especially for like community defense and support and all that. Cause yeah. And that, right, that, that would lead to that, too. Not helping. That's what I just said, is that, like, um, if you saw more, you know, LGBTQ or, um, or um, African-Americans or just, you know, any, any marginalized community Absolutely. Start, to, start to open carry firearms, that would be, it would just change the game, yeah. you know? And we'd have to yeah. write the law to apply to everybody or whatever, but, like, you know, I would advocate for just marginalized communities walking around with pistols on their hip. You know, nobody's going to fuck with you. The end. <laughs> you know? Um, so what you're saying, pretty- partner, is we need to have shooting irons on our hips and keep our spurs clinking and clanking. <laughs> yes. Yeehaw. It is legal to Yeehaw. open carry a katana in Florida. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just, look, I'm just saying... I am just saying you can legally open carry a sword. All the other uh, threatening stuff and all the laws surrounding that apply the same. Don't threaten people. Don't be intimidating intentionally. Don't use the item in a threatening manner. Um, You can't show it off. You can't have it out just randomly. But you can legally carry um, a a sword in Florida. (laughs) Open carry. You can't conceal it. Don't give me ideas. You'll now you might get some looks. You might uh, get some looks at cops. On me. <laughs> but but you can legally open carry that. Yes. So I probably shouldn't uh, grab the handle and go. Oh my! Oh, I'm machine dead. Probably not. <laughs> so exactly. Um. Yeah. I. I'm good. Um. We got anything else? Any last last thoughts? I'm, I'm good. Uh, I guess one final meme. Uh, trans rights. May every LGBTQ yeah. plus have a gun on their hip and a pep in their step. Hell yeah. Exactly. Based. I agree. <laughs> All right, also, cool. Well, um, it, we lost the Black Panther Party. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to reinstate it again if we win the lottery. <laughs> Not us, but like we'll fund it somehow. Whatever. No, no, no. White people have to do everything. Where we oh, are the oh no! Oh, just no. bombed in my mouth a little bit. Ugh. I will. I will absolutely fund a new a new Black Panther uh, organization. Um. Well, yeah. So we covered we covered a lot of stuff here, and uh, we just had our little meeting to try to um, streamline things a little bit better for 2021 for the podcast moving forward. So look forward to that. Uh, and. Yeah, well, we had a we had a good episode, I think. So thank you, Nathan, for hopping on and sharing your insight with us. Thanks for having um, us. And uh, we'll see you guys at the next episode. Bye. 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 <laughs>